0: Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Innovations in Education, eSchool News' podcast on the latest and greatest happenings in ed tech. I'm Kevin Hogan, and I'm glad you found us. You know, there's an old journalistic trope that three news stories equals a trend. On this episode, I think I discovered one involving CTE. Yep, it's another education acronym, also known as Career Technical Education. This is a methodology that provides students of all ages with academic and technical skills, knowledge, and training necessary to succeed in a future career, but without getting a college degree. CTE is just another example of a disruption that I guess you could say was trending before the pandemic, but has really taken off during the past two years. Between the Varsity Blues scandal, the outrageous amounts of student loan debt, plus the general existential crises everyone, I think, has been experiencing on a daily basis during COVID. This idea of not going to college or also of achieving any sort of credentialing without being in person, well, it's it's now officially a thing. And there are several recent pieces of content up on eschoolnews.com, I think, that proves that point. The first, entitled Five Steps to Building a Robust Online CTE Program, was written by Matthew Monroe. He is a career and technical education coordinator for Florida Virtual School and FlexPoint Education Cloud. I'll leave you to read all five steps that's up on the newsfeed, but here are a couple highlights. He writes, understand your students. It is one thing to build a CTE program, but it is another to design a program that includes courses that interest your students and that they can use and implement in their future. First, you need to consider the area that you live in. If you live in a rural community, there may not be as many coding jobs as there are in agricultural science. After considering the area that you live, then it's time to get your students' thoughts and opinions. Start by sending out surveys, host some focus groups, engage with your instruction staff to gauge what their students are interested in. The more you hear from the students, the better and more successful your CTE program will be. Another one, never stop refining the program. Every year, you should look at your courses and program and do these steps all over again. That way, you are constantly making sure the courses you offer are helping students reach their goals. For example, what if five years after you had a CTE course about accounting and microeconomics and then finance jobs aren't available? You will need to take another look at these courses to see if they make sense for the future of your students. Some more great advice comes from an essay written by Nick Chazanov. He's the founder and CEO of Technics. It's called Four Ways to Enrich CTE Programs. He writes, a recent survey found that while 70% of students that attend high schools, which offer career and technical education programs, only 32% promote those trades as a potential post-graduation path. Despite this, 51% of students still consider pursuing trade school. What holds them back? A lack of support, confidence, or knowledge challenges that high schools can solve with enriched CTE programs. More students would feel comfortable pursuing the trades if these schools would enhance those programs. The good news is that boosting program participation is not a huge investment, and in fact, bringing in passionate professionals could be enough to get students excited about their career options. Nick identifies four ways to get started. As in the first story, number one, ask students what industries and occupations interest them. CTE programs must be designed with students and not just for students. Number two, talk about what opportunities are available in the trades. Some industries, like construction, are in the midst of a labor shortage. As a result, young people interested in related careers may find that many companies are more flexible when it comes to on-the-job training, apprenticeships, and salaries. Number three, Nick recommends performing cold outreach and contacting former students and local trade businesses. He says one way to ensure a steady stream of passionate professionals is for teachers to stay connected with those former trade students. Former students, particularly ones who have become their own bosses, could become influential and inspirational resources for students considering a career path in the trade. And finally, Seek professional introductions from teachers and administrator networks. Every employee in the education field has a unique social and professional network. Why not ask these individuals if they know someone who is actively working or retired from the trades? Tapping into staff members' extensive networks can help schools bolster their CTE programs with passionate professionals. That's some good advice. I had a chance to do a, dive in a little deeper into the particulars of CTE with Amy Heflin. She's the Senior Manager of Curriculum Development at Florida Virtual School in FlexPoint. She oversees the development of CTE courses for FVS and shares a number of interesting insights. Have a listen. Amy, thanks so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for having
0: me, Kevin. Let's get started to talk a little bit about Florida Virtual Schools. I've been in the industry for quite a while, but I believe that is probably one of the first instances of talking about The idea, the general idea of using online learning as a complement. Like you guys were hybrid before it was cool, right?
1: (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, so Florida Virtual School has been around since 1997. And it was started because there was a need. There was a need to have more options in our state so that students could attend school online. We had a lot of homeschool parents who were kind of doing their own thing. And they were quickly realizing that they needed more options as well. Um, School choice in Florida is very important. And so Florida Virtual School kind of became an option for students to either do school entirely online as a homeschool student, or kind of in a hybrid situation where they attend school you know, for a couple of classes, and then they take classes with FLVS online. Um, and then from there, we've just grown. So we're, you know, we're across the entire country, we're in 65 countries outside of the United States to US territories. So we've really seen that the need for online education has really driven our success, which has been great.
0: Now has CTE always been integrated into that concept? Or is that something that has evolved along with the company?
1: So I will say that CTE has not been a huge focus when we first started, Um, we had uh, just one program of study for many years. So really within the last probably five years we've seen a renewed focus on our side to really push career and technical education. Um, And then that just coincidentally coincided with the workforce education legislation that Governor DeSantis passed in our state where his desire to kind of get Florida as the number one career technical education state in the country. So we saw that back in 2019. Um, Thankfully, we had already started down that path and created a 10-year CTE plan to get us to at least 12, but hopefully 15 programs of study by 2029.
0: Oh, and then enter COVID, right? I mean, at that time, (laughs) how has the pandemic affected, I mean, I know it's affected everything in education, but I know that, you know, when you look at higher education, there seem to be maybe some more disruptions in that space when it comes to people even contemplating getting a college degree versus going out and getting some sort of CTE certifications and changes in the way things are assessed in terms of from going from high-stake testing to competency-based and mastery-based. Talk a little bit about how you've seen the pandemic change the CTE state of play?
1: So for us, I feel like it was an easy pivot. I hate to say that, you know, we came through the pandemic in a good way, but we really were able to kind of show people that you can do a lot of things online, including students sitting for industry certs. We have the option to use um, different type of online proctoring tools so that kids could take those tests. The challenge naturally has been for any of our programs that require students to do like an observation where they would maybe sit in with an employer or sit in a classroom somewhere and observe. And if that wasn't happening, then we had to pivot and kind of do that a little differently, just like everybody else did. But I do think that the pandemic has, and the kind of the combination of CTE, allow students to really build those skills that employers are looking for, where they're having to find unique problem solving methods. Um, They're having to talk to people and reach out and say, you know, what can we do? How can we make this work or come up with those unique solutions? And that, at the end of the day, is what employers want. Kids who can communicate, they can set up those appointments, they can, you know, reach out and figure out how to get something done. Those are the skills that oftentimes are missing in kind of our core education courses that CTE really allows us to, you know, bring to the forefront. So for us, it's just been kind of helping. We, we really help, have helped a lot of other folks figure out how to continue to do CTE online. Naturally, there are certain programs that are really not as easily accessible online. Um, We're not going to to have kids get certified in phlebotomy um, in our online program. I don't think their parents want want them drawing blood on them at home as practice, but we can do a lot of kind of the basic introductory courses that students then don't have to take in the brick and mortar school. They could take it with us and that allows them to take other courses in their brick and mortar classes that they want, art course or a music course or a physical education course. So we really provide an opportunity for students to do something to free up time in their schedule as well, which I think is really nice.
0: And I'll assume that through this great beta test that we've just gone through when it (laughs) comes to online education, that there'll be some elements of remote that will stick around. I mean, you talk about the phlebotomy. Now, once we kind of get back to normal, maybe on Tuesdays and Thursdays, they can go to an in-person sort of experience, but still have a lot of these elements left online.
1: Yeah, you know, I think employers have really seen that remote work and remote learning, all of that is possible and it can be done. I think people were very fearful of it before. It's kind of that idea like, if I can't see you working, then you're probably not working. And of course, we, you know, we know with our students, they're able to get. Their work done. They're able to stay on pace. They're able to kind of go through that process. So, I do think we will see a hybrid situation or the possibility of more hybrid situations. I'm hopeful that that will happen because, I mean, even in college now, oftentimes kids are taking classes online. In our state, they have to take an online course to graduate. Um, so, we're really seeing people are embracing that and realizing that there's a need for that kind of diversified educational experience so that they can be better employees, better college students, if that's what they desire to do, you know, post high school, it, it really benefits everybody if we kind of have that, that hybrid mentality and the, the flexibility. Hopefully we won't have something of this magnitude again, but we're ready for it if we do.
0: Right, right. Now, I don't want to put you in the hot seat, but let me finish up by asking you, say we, you know, we continue to thankfully get back to whatever the new normal is. What does your horizon look like? for CTE, I mean, specifically within your, within Florida Virtual Schools, but in, in a bigger picture. I mean, as we were just discussing, do you see further technologies and techniques affecting the space? Just gaze into your crystal ball a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I do think that we will see, um... Some changes we're already seeing uh, at the national level. There is some conversation around changing you know, the names or the naming conventions of the career clusters to kind of be more inclusive of kind of the direction that our society is going in. We're seeing a renewed focus on solar energy, renewable energy. So I do think we'll see some attention there, especially as we see gas prices continue to go up. So I think that for, for us specifically, It's monitoring all of that. You know, as I said, we have a 10-year plan, but really that 10-year plan is entirely dependent upon the way that everything goes in our our state and in our world. So keeping hyper-focus on high-wage, high-demand jobs, understanding how the market is sort of shifting or what employers need, I think the one thing that will always remain the same for us is the soft skills, making sure that we're focusing on teaching kids those interpersonal skills, resume writing, communication skills, both verbal and uh, in writing, because there are so many kids who graduate even college and they cannot get a job because they can't interview uh, or they do not know how to even reach out and have a conversation with another person. They have all of the skills and the, the intelligence and the education that they need to do that job, but they can't get the job. And so with CTE, I think what we'll, we'll continue to see kind of a focus there, but I, I know right now the tech industry is really big. We're seeing a huge influx of students, you know, going down the path of cybersecurity. I think we had like 300,000 job openings last year, especially with all of the stories in the news about hacking of, of major uh, corporations and credit cards. But ideally, I mean, we're seeing that kids can graduate high school and earn a medium income of, you know, 55,000 plus without going to college. And so I hope that we will continue to have that conversation as well, that the college for all kind of mentality is gone. It doesn't have to be that way.
0: Yeah. Well, Amy, thank you so much. Uh, I love to have these conversations where I leave in a more optimistic state than than when I started. So uh, you know, a lot of your insights really point to uh, a fruitful future for CTE and for, for students all over the planet. So thanks again for your time.
1: Thank you so much, Kevin. I appreciate it.
0: So that about wraps it up for this episode. Be sure to check back on eschoolnews.com for all the latest and greatest news and analysis for what's happening in the ed tech space. Eschool News is always free and always helping innovative educators just like you. Until next time, I'm Kevin Hogan for Eschool News.